If you have any questions about the book, or you want me to read something, or you want a shout out, or if you just want to contact me, you can email me at moonthenightwing12 at gmail.com. The email will be in the description. Now back to the book. Hello and welcome back to my podcast. I'll be reading Chapter 5 of Wings of Fire, The Dragonette Prophecy. It seemed like a long time after when Starfight finally slunk back into the main hall with Marosir close behind him. Clay couldn't tell whether Starfight had told Marosir the truth, and he didn't have vision that he didn't have visions or re- or that he didn't have visions or read minds. He was just ordinary, like the rest of the Dragonettes. But who would be brave enough to tell Marosir that? The enormous Nightwing slithered off to the Guardian's cave without a word to Sunny or, or Clay. Starfight glanced at them, then turned and headed for his sleeping cave. Clay hurried after him. What happened? he asked. What did he say to you? I'm not supposed to talk about it, Starfight said stiffly. He sat down in the middle of their cave, his wings askew behind him. He started poking through the scrolls on the floor. It's over here, Clay said, nudging a flat scroll with silver letters that had rolled under his sleeping ledge. Clay, Starfight hooked it over with one talon and tucked it under a wing and carried it up to his ledge. He curled up with his tail draped over his nose and started reading. Wow, Clay said. So it was that bad? Tales of the Nightwings was Starfight's favorite school and he always read it when, when he was upset or frightened with one of the other dragonettes. The tips of Starfight's tail twitched. I have a lot to learn, he said. But you already know everything, Clay said. You have to be the smartest dragon in all of Prairie. Couldn't he tell that by reading your mind? Starfight didn't answer. I thought he liked you, Clay said. Surely he said something, because what a, what a great and noble dragon you must be. Because you're a Nightwing. A long, tired breath whooshed out of Starfight's snout. Yeah, he said. That's exactly what he told me, actually. Oh, Clay said. Well, that's good, isn't it? Did he say when you'll get your powers? Starfight pivoted with the scrolls, shredding a corner of it between his, his claws. Clay had never seen him upset enough to damage a scroll without noticing. He, w- he wished he could say something helpful, but he could not think of a single useful thing to say about Nightwings. At least you're not a Rainwing, he tried. Did Marosir say anything about glory? Starflight frowned at him over the edge of his rock. Not much. He said, don't worry about the Rainwing. I'll take care of it. Clay felt a cold chill climb up through the stone floor and spread through his scales. What does that mean? What's he going to do? How should I know? Starflight poked his nose back in the scroll. Maybe she'll go get to go home. He'll probably she's probably the luckiest of all of us. The pulse of fear pounded in Clay's head. Disagreed. He couldn't see the guardians just releasing glory. Not after all the years of secrecy. We have to go spy on them. He said, jumping to his feet. We have to know what they're planning. He stopped halfway out of the cave and stamped one foot in frustration. Oh, no, we can't. Marcia will know we're there. Right, Starfight said. He'll hear your thinking, all of your big, loud, worried thoughts. You don't know anything about my thoughts. 
You don't know that my thoughts are loud and worried, Clayson. Maybe they're quiet and very serene. Starfight started with amusement. The first happy sound he'd made since Marcia showed up. Even through his worry, Clay was pleased. What are you doing? Sonny's anxious voice echoed across the main hall. What's that for? The heavy tread of dragon footsteps reached the ears, along with an ominous clanking. Stop! Wait! You don't have to do that! There was an enormous splash. Clay raced into the big cave with Starfight, close behind him. With Starfight close behind him. He skidded to a halt, horrified. Kestrel and Dune were standing on the bank of the river, holding a length of iron chain between their talons. Behind them, Marcira was holding Sonny back with his tail with his tail as a tiny golden dragon trying to climb over him. Webs emerged from the river, dragging a withering, hissing ball of blue scales. Kestrel and Dune threw the chain around Tsunami's neck and wrapped it around one of her legs. The three guardians hauled her over to one of the rock columns that stretched from the floor to the ceiling high above. Dune flung the chain around the column twice, blinding Tsunami with barely three steps to move in any direction. Kestrel took two ends of the chain and blasted them with a bullet plane. The metal, the metal melted into a bubbling mass, welding together. Tsunami was trapped. Maybe some time away from the river will teach you to be grateful for what you have. It all happened so fast, Clay didn't have time to figure out what was happening, let alone stop it. Before it was too late, let alone stop it before it was too late. He let out a yell of dismay and charged across the cavern. Let her go! He grabbed the chain and let go once, hissing with pain at the searing heat. You'll regret this! Tsunami snarled. She clawed at the chain around her back leg, but pulling on it tighter, but but pulling on it tightened the loop around her neck. With a hiss, she stopped struggling. When we're free, when my family hears about this, and when the rest of the world finds out how you traded a dragonette to destiny, all your big dreams of your wonderful family, Kestrel mocked her, they don't care about you. When it's time to fulfill the prophecy, you'll be alive, and the talons of peace will have you, and that's what matters. Why are you doing this? Sunny cried. Tsunami's the good one. She's wonderful. And anyone can save the world, it's her. Actually, Tiny Sandwing, Mercy rumbled. The dragonite you should believe in is Starflight over there. He nodded at Starflight, who still rooted in place by the sleeping cave. Starflight ducked his head. Nightwings are natural leaders. You do what he says and you'll be all right. Clay glanced over at Starflight and saw Glory standing in the archway of her own sleeping cave. Marosira narrowed his eyes at her. I'll be back tomorrow, he said to the guardians, to make sure that everything has been with, as everything has been, um, well, dealt with. We understand, Kestrel said. Together she and Dune rolled the boulder aside. Marosira squeezed through the gap and disappeared into the blackness without a backward glance. This is for your own good, Webb said, stopping in front of Tsunami. She raked her towns at him and he stepped back. We only want to keep you safe. Maybe this isn't the perfect way, but but dragonettes don't know what's best for them. Dune says as the boulder thudded back into place. You need us, whether you like it or not. You were all awful today, Kessel said. No dinner for any of you. Go to bed, and I don't want to hear a squawk out of anyone until morning. Really? What else are you going to do to me? Tsunami challenged her. What if I like, feel like singing all night? She started howling in far off key voice. Oh, the dragonets are coming! They're coming to save the day! They come to fight for the know what's right, the dragonets! Hooray! Your fault, 
Crystal Dune snarled at Webbs. I told you not to teach them that horror song. Oh, the dragonettes are coming! Tsunami bellowed even louder. We have more chains, Crystal yelled in her ear. We could throw one around your snout if you would like me to force you to be quiet. Tsunami paused, glaring at her, m- glaring at her, then took another breath in and opened her mouth. Or we could chain up one of your friends, Kestrel offered. Perhaps Clay would like to spend the night hanging from a stalactite, so you could have some company out here. Clay shifted uneasily on his feet, wondering if there was anywhere he could hide out of Kestrel's reach before she could grab him. Tsunami snapped her jaw shut and lay down with her head turned away from all the dragons, her gills fluttering furiously. But she kept quiet. Much better, Kestrel said. She stomped off to her tunnel, her red scales flaring bright in the fire reflection. Webbs followed her with his wet tail, leaving a darker trail behind him. Sunny pounced on Dune's tail before he could go. Before he could go. Before he could go after them. Please don't leave her like this, she said. I know you're not that mean. Dune shook her off. We were doing what we have to. He went after the others. As soon as they were gone, Clay tried tugging on Tsunami's change. They were hopelessly strong. Clay, stop, Tsunami whispered. You know what to do. You know what you have to do. Go, quickly. Clay shivered, riding the cold water, but she was right. For the first time, spying on the audience was really important. He ran over to the river and dove in. Through the water, he could hear the muffled echo of Sunny's nervous squeak as he swam against the current to the rock wall. Without Tsunami's glow-in-the-dark scales to guide him, it took longer than usual to find the gap that led through to the other cave. Finally, he felt open space under his claws, and he ducked and squeezed through. Sart was hammering in his chest as he popped through into the cave. Slowly, he paddled to the surface and poked his ears out into the air. There wasn't a lot of confrontation sorry, confirmation they had heard the previous night. This time, the three big dragons were huddled around a fire whispering. None of them glanced at the river as Clay floated closer. When? Tomorrow, Webbs asked. Kestrel leaned toward the fire, baking her scales an even brighter red. He'll be back by midday. It has to be done before then. He, her tail coiled into a tight knot beside her. He doesn't want to see her again. <clears throat> Clay clenched his talons under the water. They had to be talking about glory. Well, I'm not doing it, Webb said. Dune shot him a withering look. No one thought you would. Even though this is all your fault, said Kestrel. I think we need five of them, Webb snapped. What's he going to do about that? He'll find us a skywing, Bobby, this time. No colorful substitutions. They all went quiet for a moment, staring into the fire. So how and when, Dune said in his no-nonsense military voice. Drowning would be the simplest. He glared at Webbs. I joined the Talons of Peace to stop killing dragons, Webb said. I won't argue with Mars here, but I'm not doing it myself. It has to be me, Castle said in a choked tense voice. She's just a ring wing, but she still might get away from you. She nodded at Dune's missing foot and the long star that ran through his mangled wing. But... Can you go through with it? Webb said, isn't it too much like... I mean, we all know what happened. That was totally different, Castro snapped. Glory is just, a, is just a rain wing. I don't care about her. I don't even like her. She blasted a ball of flame to add the fire so it blazed up. If you're sure 
I'll do it tonight while she's sleeping. I can get in there, break her neck before the others know what I'm doing, especially with the bossy one safely chained up. Tsunami's the only one who could stop me. Shudders of horror were running through Clay so violently that he was afraid one of the big dragons would notice the waves on the water. He began paddling softly backwards, but froze when he heard his name. Not Clay? Dune asked. He might try at least. He'll definitely try. Dumb as a rock, but he's devoted to the other four. It's not natural that much loyalty in a dragon, Dude said, especially to dragons outside your tribe. I can handle him, Kestrel said. Even if he even if he finally gets mad like we want him to, there's nothing he can do to stop me. Clay hardly heard enough Clay had heard enough. He sank down below the surface and swam toward the gap in the wall. What do we do? What can we do? What can I do? There's no time. How do I save her?